This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Stay tuned for Chai Time. Founded in 2013, Black Lives Matter is a global organization whose mission is simple to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to end the violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By countering acts of violence, Black Lives Matter creates the opportunity for imagination and innovation and an improved quality of life for all. Want to really make a difference today? You can start with a generous donation and then learn more about the many other ways you can help. Visit blacklivesmatter.com. That's blacklivesmatter.com. Friends, this is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I'm Pranjali and you're listening to Chai Time. And today we have very special guests on our show. But before we meet them, let's hear some music from them live from KZSU Stanford. Wonderful. So welcome back listeners and the beautiful piece you heard was from Chetan and Saurabh who are very talented young musicians and the youngest guests so far on Chai Time Radio. Chetan and Saurabh, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you this, so much. Yeah, this this is really great. And uh, so a big shout out here to my son Rahul because he introduced me to you, Chetan. And that is such a privilege that you're here in our studio today playing for us, talking to us. And uh, on the same no- note, how did you meet Saurabh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story, actually. Saurabh grew up, yeah, Saurabh and I grew up pretty close to each other, like 30, 40 minutes away from each other in Illinois, suburbs mm-hmm. of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we didn't hear about each other in 2000, until 2019. Um, at that point, a mutual friend of ours in Montreal connected us, and we started practicing together that year. Okay. Um, and then Saurabh was, of course, at Stanford, so it was, uh, um, I guess, fortunate or unfortunate for everybody else, but fortunate for us Ooh. that... Uh, the pandemic kept him home. So we practiced a lot in 2020, early 2021. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's how we kind of built our rapport as co-musicians. Yeah, and right now you're collaborating a lot and all, but uh, you started your individual journeys, right? So first I'll go to Saurabh and um, request him to introduce himself to our guests. Like, how did music come in your life and uh, how are you uh, taking this ahead? I think uh, the way it came into my life was my grandparents had brought a tabla from India. Um, and I uh, was just playing around with it at home and got addicted to playing with it. And, and how old were you? Around five. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah, I guess my parents, they saw that I was interested and they found a teacher who was very close by. And then uh-huh. I started learning formally. But I think... Um, 
I vividly remember one particular experience, which was attending, I think, a Masters of Percussion concert of Zakir Hussain. Mm-hmm. And I was completely transfixed during that concert, was completely blown away. Um, and I still remember that concert today. Um, and I was like five or six at the time. And I think that is what really kicked off wow. my like love and passion for learning tabla. Very nice. So then did you uh, get formal training? And uh, yes. who are your gurus? Because in Indian tradition, guru is such an such a significant part of our journey. Yes, so I've learned from three gurus. Mm-hmm. Um, from the ages of five to ten, I was learning from Srimati Bindu Patak mm-hmm. in Chicago. Then we moved um, from one suburb to another suburb, so I found a different teacher, mm-hmm. uh, Sri Nishad Parmar. Okay. Um, and I was kind of learning on and off, got very busy with school, other things. Um, mm-hmm. Then when I went to college, I went to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for me, um, there was... A, a really well-established guru nearby. Uh, his name is Sri Prithviraj Bhattacharji. He's a student of, or disciple of uh, Ustad Zakir Hussain and Ustad Alaraka. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, learning from him was a magical experience, and I've been learning from him since then. Oh, great. And I'll come back to you, Chetan. <laughs> and I know that you have done extensive training, right? And uh, you were in college, and yet, with all that busy uh, schedule and all that, you have been doing all this. But how did it start for you? Uh, I mean, music was... So my parents are both not musicians, but they're both music lovers, I will say. (laughs) And they, uh, from when I was born, I've been listening to music. They used to host when... I mean, I was born in South Carolina, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents used to host musicians when on their tours from India, and you know I was surrounded by music yes. a lot of the time. And then um, we moved around a few times before I was six. When we moved, to, when I was six, we moved to Chicago, and I started learning bhajans from a teacher there, Ramila mm-hmm. uh, Bhartia was her name. Okay. I learned from her for a couple years. I was learning piano, all the j- typical Western instruments: piano, flute, recorder, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fifth grade, I kind of had an inclination to learn flute. I don't know exactly why, but I wanted to learn flute out of all the instruments. So in, in the band, they let you choose your instrument, right? Yes. So yes. they said, uh, they said you have three options. You can choose three instruments, and then one of them, you, um, the teacher will give some recommendation. Sure. So I, I knew I wanted flute, right? So I picked flute, and I was like, we don't need the other two. And they were like, you should try it anyways. So I just kind of, at, at random, I chose two random instruments, but my my mind was set on flute, you know. Flute. So <laughs> I started learning flute in fifth grade. Okay. Um, and, I mean, it was it was fine. This is the metal flute I'm talking, the Western flute. Yes, yes. And so, then you moved to yes. bamboo flute. So one yes. year later, uh-huh. I had been playing flute now for one year, um, right before my sixth grade. This would have been 2007, summer. Um, I met my guru, Pandit Ronu Majumdar, uh-huh. and he... Uh, I mean, he was a brilliant musician, one of the greatest performers of our of time. Of course, yes, yes. And uh, he was on tour in the U.S., staying in Chicago at the time. Wow. I saw his concert, mm-hmm. and I was just so so blown away. Like, I couldn't keep my eyes off of him. It was some Jogobandi concert. Wow. Um, I think him and, I, I want to say Ravi Kiran was that concert. Um, Chitravina Ravi Kiran. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents somehow knew the person that he was staying with. Uh, wow. Okay. Neighbors that are lucky. So he he um, 
we I they arranged for me to get a couple lessons that summer in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I got my first flute then. Ronaji himself set my fingers on the instrument. Wow. And uh yeah, I mean, I don't think he took me very seriously that year. It was a couple <laughs> years of practice before he started teaching me, I would say seriously. <laughs> yeah, but such but, a blessing. Oh, yes, but I was very very lucky to meet him in th- that year. Mm-hmm. Um and he he guided me a lot in in that initial couple of years. He was only there for a couple couple of months every year in Chicago, right? Or yes. one month maybe. So uh-huh. I would get six to eight lessons every year, and I'd practice the rest of the year. Wow. And uh, that was kind of where things took off from. I would say. Uh-huh. He told me I had to learn other instruments, and I learned vocal on my own from other gurus as well. Ganesh Desai being one of the um, important ones. Um, Ganesh Desai is a vocalist based in Bangalore. He taught me a lot about voice culture and just exercises that to develop the voice. And then yes. I learned tabla as well from Sri Dhananjay Kunte, uh-huh. also in Chicago. Okay. So I, I was I was getting an all-rounded music education, I would say. Um, and then in 2014, mm-hmm. I finished my Sangeet Visharad. Um, and at that point, I, I gave a performance for that, and I was just beyond disappointed with how I played that time. I just did not enjoy it. I mean, I, Ronaji wasn't super happy with it either. I wasn't happy. It was like, and this was like my graduation recital, uh, you know, okay, like okay. after my senior year of high school. Right? I thought you are being too humble, but uh, Ronaji said that. <laughs> no, I, I don't think more. he said it in words, <laughs> okay. but I mean, it yes. was not, it was yeah. not at the caliber that I expected it to be, oh, I would say. Uh, of course. So I, I told Ronaji this and he said, um, yeah, you. I mean, if you want to get more, you have to train more, right? So, yes, yes. And that's what I did. I, I found, uh, I got a recommendation from Guruji to study with Dr. Vikas Kashalkar, mm-hmm. who's a vocalist based in Pune. Um, musicologist, just incredibly knowledgeable person, and mm-hmm. great vocalist as well from another music family. So I started studying with him in 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point on, I've been going to India every year to study with him. I he teaches online as well, but I just think that learning in front of your guru is a definitely is a, makes such div- a big difference. Yeah, a huge experience. Yes. Um, and I've been studying with him since then, and then I started studying with his brother in Mumbai um, just a few years, four years ago. Okay. Um, so I've been studying vocal like that, and then everything I learn in vocal, I just apply on the flute. Wow, so. <laughs> perfect. And I think to give tribute to your gurus, such wonderful gurus you had, yes. should we play a piece of music here? Oh, sure. So Saurabh and I will share a piece that was taught to me by my guru, Dr. Vikas Kashalkar, mm-hmm. and composed by his guru, Pandit Gajanan Bua Joshi. So yes. in Rag Bageshri. Perfect. Mm.
beautiful, beautiful Chetan and Saurabh. Thank you so much. And this is total bliss. And uh, trust me, my listeners will agree with me <laughs> that this is one of the best moments in the studio. Thank oh, you so thank much. You so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. And uh, it was Rag Bageshwari, which is one of my favorite ragas. Yes. And uh, you know the history, right? A little bit, yes. So Bageshwari is credited to Mia Tansen. Yes. Historically, and I mean, there is some debate, and nobody can really place it there. But um, many, many scholars will say that it is, um, it is a creation of Mia Tansen of the 16th, 15th century. Exactly right. And uh, imagine centuries passing by, and you young generation singing this. It's it's incredible. Thank you so much. And this song. So when I sing this song. Or I talk about uh, Rag Bageshwari. Immediately, I think of yearning and longing and viraha piya kiliye and all that. So I was born and raised in India, but when I look at you uh, both, you were born here, you were educated here, and uh, you were trained here. Yep, in parts you were trained by uh, gurus from India and everything. But um, uh, I want to know how. Do you relate to all these things? Because, see, singing is not just words and rhythm and music. It's about the bhav, the expression. And when you were singing and he was playing, I could uh, kind of get into that zone, right? So, how does that happen for you guys? I think there's a few factors that play into this. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one being I've listened to I don't know how many hours of of these classical recordings over the years. Just I mean, my guru's always told me that listening is half of the learning process, right? So yes, it's like yes. you have to spend the time studying these recordings. And I have scoured YouTube for hours and hours finding old recordings of the masters. And then from that, you start to pick up a few of the nuances in the way that they throw their voice and where they choose to be loud and soft and how they open the, vo- the mouth for certain words. And the other aspect is... Um, Understanding the language, right? Exactly. I'm a linguist and I can vouch on that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I mean, when when many many people that learn here in the U.S., they, mm-hmm. they study this this music and they have a good understanding, a depth of understanding of the, the, the music itself and the raga structure and all that stuff. But the limitation is that when they sing the words, it sounds accented, right? Yes. yes. And it, I, it's not really a limitation. I mean, they're still... They can be great musicians, of course. Yes, yes. But the accent for me came from, um, I used to do these Bhagavad Gita competitions growing up. So I got a pr- proper pronunciation. In, and where was this? This was through Chinma Mission back okay. in Chicago. Perfect. Um, and uh, so I, I was doing all these Bhagavad Gita competitions. So my pronunciation in Sanskrit became good. And then I spoke Marathi at home, a little bit of Hindi here and there. Mm-hmm. And I spent time with just many different Indian people that were speaking their native languages. So, accent was never really an issue for me, I think. And not just accent. Culture is also a big part, Absolutely, right? Yeah. So, meeting people, listening Absolutely, to them, yeah. and going to India, all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, spend, I spend at least a month in India each year, except for the pandemic year. Yeah. Um, I've been going to India consistently for many years now. So. Yeah, and I want to know so much, and I'll come back to you. But before that, I want to know from Saurabh that when you're playing tabla, Yes, of course, you do not need a language, right? You don't have to worry about the accent. But yet, I think it's very, very important, right? It's a significant part that, you know, the culture, the language. So how does it work or what are your views on this? 
with tabla in particular, it has its own language associated with it. I agree. And there's kind of a lot of association to poetry and the aesthetics mm. with poetry in mm. that sense, but you're also putting rhythm to it as well. Um, but everything you can play, you can also say and vice versa. And when I hear tabla, I don't just hear sounds. I hear the actual words and the vocabulary uh, that's being expressed. Wow. And yes. so those are kind of synonymous with each other. And so when you learn, you don't just learn the uh, technique to play different bowls, but also the the actual the bowls themselves. And and you learn them simultaneously. So beautiful. And Saurabh, you kind of answered to my next question, which I was going to ask you, that even if I listen to tabla and uh, someone is not singing, I can hear the words. And why is that? So yeah, that's how, right? Tabla talks to you, Basuri talks to you, and of course, a vocalist, when sings, <laughs> makes his way to your heart or her way to uh, your heart. And this is great. And um, I was talking about your um, India exposure to Indian culture and India and your trip. So Chetan, how did you manage? Like, did you go there every year or? So growing up, uh, my guru, Ronuji, used uh -huh. to come to the U.S. each year, actually. He had a green card at the time and he was traveling Achoo. pretty regularly to the U.S. And, uh -huh. um, and I got a lot of opportunities to see him in Chicago. Um, mm. This was when I was like, when I started learning flute 10 until around when I graduated high school. Around that time, I think he started to make the decision to, to stay focused on his time in India. So he was, um, he stayed back in India more. So it, I had to make more of an effort to see him. Mm. And I, I, was, I started making the decision that I was going to go every year. And uh, in that process, also, I started learning vocal around that time. So I started, each time I went to India, I started immersing myself in the music culture specifically of like the I spend most of my time in Mumbai and Pune and both of those are known to be classical music yeah. hubs right especially exactly. Pune yeah, oh yeah, yeah. so I mean you turn anywhere any any which way you'll find a, a musician and some somebody is singing something right you yes. can, so it's it's uh it's really a beautiful culture and in doing that I learned a lot about how people express in vocal music mm -hmm. and to really understand any instrument in the Indian classical sense, you really have to have an understanding of vocal music. You yes. can't you can't go and learn the instrument on its own. Yeah. It's that's the oh, interesting okay. thing. Like yeah, everything yeah. I play down to each the way I tongue on the instrument, I'm trying to tongue according to the words of the bandish I'm playing. Right. Oh, that is so important. So it's right? uh, yeah, those yeah. those little things yeah, yeah. like that that adds more to the music than people would understand. Right. Uh -huh. Or that I mean. From the listener perspective, they'll see the difference. But w when you're playing the flute, I, I mean, for many years I used to play this instrument. And I had no idea the difference that it made when you when you were tonguing, right? Wow! And see, I had so. no idea about this thing. I thought, okay, playing an instrument is one thing, singing is another. But see, everything is related, and especially the words, the language, mm -hmm. right? And um, uh, yeah, when uh, when your gurus are teaching you, I think they all also add to it whatever they are doing oh, yes. and little oh, yes. improvisations yes. and all that so uh, should we play one more piece and then talk about it I, I like this kind of thing where sure. you play something and then I talk about it so okay. should we do that sure sure I'm Let's... being greedy sorry about uh, that no no no, no. please please <laughs> I just wanted to add also um, yeah yeah for tabla learning vocal is also extremely important and I've been fortunate to be learning vocal from Chetan, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> For the past year and a half. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Sodom is, uh, he's, he works hard. He's 
actually, the, the thing about learning vocal as a tabla player, many of the top tabla accompanists especially are good vocalists. Um, and you won't hear them singing on stage, but if they did, they would uh, definitely do quite well. <laughs> so it's, uh, and um, just having that understanding allows you to accent in the right places. Um, and the baya, like the left hand of the tabla, the bass drum, it's supposed to sing almost, right? You can actually change the pitch on that ah, one. And I mean, okay. Zakirji does this a lot, of course, and he, he modulates the baya, um, the pressure of the baya. So, I mean, doing those things, it it can add to a performance only, right? There's I no. Know. So, the more you know, the more you can apply. And talk about Zaki Sahab, I have to definitely uh, talk to Saurabh about him. Yeah, He's yes, like yes. <laughs> oh, we a love big, him. huge fan. Yeah, all of us are. Yes. So what are we listening now? Um, let's take some Shuddhasarang. This is a traditional piece from the Agra Gharana. Attributed to Ustad Fayyaz Khan. So who, in his compositions, he was known as Prempia. That is his pen name in his poetry. Oh, okay. Beautiful. This particular composition, um, Abu Moribak, is very, very commonly played on, on the Vasudi. You'll find, you'll, if you go back in to the early parts of any flute player's career, you'll find some recording of this. I was going so, to say that, yeah. You've probably heard this, <laughs> but we'll try also. Of course. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. 
Wonderful, beautiful. I'm getting lost. I forgot that <laughs> this is an interview. I thought I'm in a concert and you guys are going to play forever. So everyone has to find a happy place. And Chetan and Saurabh, the studio is my happy place. And icing on the cake is this next gen playing classical Indian music. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And Chetan, you are mentioning that uh, listening is also learning and training. And you have been listening to a lot of YouTube and esteemed singers and uh, vocalists and learning from them. And I was talking to Saurabh yesterday and he was saying that he is continuously listening to Zakir Sahab, right? <laughs> A huge fan. And I think we were on the same hall. I was teaching in UC Berkeley and Zakir Sahab was our visiting faculty. And as a freshman, Saurabh had visited UC Berkeley. And uh, yeah, tell us about your Zakir Sahab. Uh, they say like Eklavi, you have been training from him, right? Yeah, so I <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, I'm, I think I have watched every single solo of his on YouTube, Tabla Solo. <laughs> oh, wow. And I have a playlist of hundreds of his Tabla Solos, hundreds of his like accompaniment. Um, fusion, jazz, lectures, interviews, demonstrations. I have a separate playlist for each of these. Oh I keep going back from time to time um, for inspiration, for learning, for studying. Um, and it's been a constant source of like inspiration for me. Wonderful. And did you uh, ever meet him? Yes, I've, I've met him on uh, several occasions after some of his concerts. I've attended probably 35 plus concerts of his <laughs> like Chicago, Montreal, Atlanta, Bay Area, India. Um, and it's always a pleasure to an, an incredible experience to meet him. He's extremely humble and down yes, to earth and yes. he makes you feel um, so encouraged and cared for. Uh, he doesn't give this aura of being like apart from you even though he's all the way up there and you're I all the know, way down here. <laughs> I know, And everyone tells me, last month I was uh, uh, interviewing renowned singer uh, Mahesh Kaiji, and he said the same thing, that playing with Zakir Sahib is a different zone. He gives you so much space, respect, that you're, you feel obligated. You have to do your best, right? And keep on doing best in your life. So on, uh, for him to give him tribute, you want to play a solo piece for him? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll just keep that up for you then. <laughs>
wonderful beautiful this is amazing and you both are playing so beautifully and another thing is it's so heartwarming that you are taking this rich culture right and such a beautiful indian classical music tradition forward and talking about taking it forward i want to ask you chetan uh, you are an accomplished musician and an educator too mm-hmm. you teach uh, you are already teaching uh, i know saurabh is learning from you <laughs> and you uh, have a formal training center or something and you're training students so tell us more about yes, it yes I, i have some students in chicago actually around here as well mm-hmm. uh, i teach online and in person as well um i think teaching is a learning experience in itself when you're because i mean i have students of different levels with different musical experience like saurabh is already an experienced musician right but yes. he wanted to learn vocal from vocal. me so yeah, we're yeah. we are working together on that and but other than that yeah there are beginners coming to you yeah, and yeah so you have to change your teaching style a little bit for each person i have one rule when i teach uh-huh. like you know we teach a lot of kids here i don't accept students if their parents are forcing them that is <laughs> i don't yes. i don't want to yeah force it on anybody it's not something that should be forced right yeah. this music is it's a beautiful thing and if you learn to love it it's going to love you back too you know it's like it's not it's not something that should yeah. be forced ever it, yeah, right it, it's from within right? right then only that bhav will come exactly, otherwise it's like exactly. just technique right? yeah and i mean and talking about that you are a full time musician oh, and yes. how did it go like uh, was it a struggle <laughs> uh, think, convincing your parents i or? think early years were definitely tough uh-huh. um I, when i decided my parents were definitely uh a little hesitant to support me but oh. after a couple of years it started to come together I had some students like steady income all that all those things matter you know it's like you have to you have to put in a few years of work before you really see the result in art specifically yes so yes. it's um and then it it comes slowly initially and then every musician that I've ever researched and seen their bio like their, their first 10 years are very slow for everyone oh yeah 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 we'll see yeah <laughs> we'll but see now they must be the proud parents oh right? yes now they're now they're very happy to yeah so uh, they tell everybody they have a musician in i know so see from kisses you i thank them that uh, they uh, yeah because of them now you're i think you got introduced because of them and now you're continuing yeah, and yeah, it is yeah. it is a great thing and sort of uh I know you're doing your PhD in Stanford University and <laughs> I know I have been teaching forever in universities and I know how hard it is all the assignments and research and all the projects so how do you balance this life that life because you say that you uh, attend all the concerts you play yourself and the riyaz is there and then all the studying how do you manage how do you balance it it is a struggle at times mm-hmm. like being completely upfront and honest like yes, yes. phd is very demanding uh-huh. and requires a lot of time focus um and music is also like that um so it is a trade off to some extent but if you want to keep it in your life music in your life uh you kind of have to put in that consistency and then it stays with you that way um but i should also say there's been some takeaways i've had from music that i've applied to my research uh-huh. and phd and vice versa there's one similarity in particular which is that you the your role as a student in music and your role as a phd student there there's one um key similarity which is that you want to study 
the way your guru or your advisor thinks mm. and their thought process and understand that thought process. And through doing that, you then develop your own way of thinking. Um, oh, and yes. I found that that's a, a strong parallel between the two um, in that when you're doing research, you're, you're producing new things. You're uh, trying to find new knowledge, produce new results, new insights, new methods. Um, and similarly in music, you're trying to express yourself and do things. Maybe you're playing material that's been played before, but in a way that 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 is new because and it it's becomes you. your it own becomes yours. Pers- yeah, yeah. And you can also create new things as well. Um, constantly, you're improvising and yes. thinking of new ideas. And the way you develop that thought process and creativity uh-huh. is very similar, in my uh, opinion, between like doing research and yeah. and studying music. Instead of clashing, I think it's kind of complementing each other, exactly. and the yeah. process goes more smoothly. So yeah, that's like a takeaway from the for the young generation who like kind of complain, right? That ah, oh, life is so busy, I cannot follow my passion. But it's not like that. If you want to, you can and you should, right? Well, and yeah. One thing I've noticed about Sodov is he surrounds himself with music. Like his social life is very much filled with musicians and. Uh, he makes it a point. Like, that's what he spends his free time doing. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. And talking about that, uh, in Stanford, uh, this spec, uh, spec market thing is very, um, now it's again uh, happening, right? So you are connected to that organization too? Yeah, it's it's thriving now. Um, after the pandemic, they started ha- hosting concerts, having student concerts and jam sessions. And the community is quite large. It's um, quite active and picking up again. No, Spikmeka is such a great thing, encouraging musicians all over the world. And I hope that you keep bringing artists like Chetan and yourself and we all will enjoy all the concerts. And we talk about all these concerts, Chetan, and then I see you that you are teaching, you are playing different instruments, you're singing, you're producing music, right? So again, so much work and so much balance you have to do. So... Stamina plays, and even concerts, like three, four years, sometimes you're jamming, you're playing, and it needs so much stamina and enthusiasm, because whenever I have, like, since yesterday I'm seeing you, you're always, like, never complaining, <laughs> never tired. So how does that happen? Like, I think going one... to gym, because I can see <laughs> biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that one thing I noticed in my time in India is my, my vocal guru in particular, uh-huh. Vikashji, he makes it a point every evening he goes out for a almost two hour long walk <laughs> and usually some of his students will come along uh, I every day I was accompanying him on that walk uh-huh. and that's his cardio for the day right yeah. and it's it's uh, that walk is also very insightful because that's when we ask him all the theoretical questions about music and we're just strolling and he tells us all these things but I mean uh, music apart uh, music aside one thing that I, I mean, picked up that I picked up from that is that he makes it a point to stay in shape, right? <laughs> There's so many musicians that I've seen that are brilliant, absolutely brilliant minds, and mm-hmm. they just don't take care of their bodies the way that the body needs to be taken care of. And cardio is extremely important in playing flute. It's all wind-based, right? Yeah, yeah. Singing, flute, you, we need we need strong lungs. We need a strong cardiovascular system. Yes. So I make it a point to, to do cardio, and I, I also do a little weightlifting. Weightlifting is a secondary, <laughs> secondary thing for me. Yeah. I play a lot of tennis. Um, that's uh-huh. my method of staying in shape, I would say. Yeah, um, and my daughter used to play, uh, she still plays like uh, flute, but Western mm-hmm. uh, flute, and uh, breathing and that stamina is so needed. And 
I think breathing exercises and meditation and dhyan, yoga, all this right. helps too, right? And yeah, me- I mean, meditation is I mean they, part of life, part not, part yeah. and parcel of it. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, meditation is is one aspect, and nowadays they call it different things, right? People with a very low heart rate. They won't call it meditating, but they are meditating at all. You know, the people who do a lot of cardio with heart rate under 50 BPM and stuff, they, it, it is a form of meditation to keep your heart rate low, you know? Yes, yes. So that's a part of it. I know. And we were talking about your album. So you were, you have a new release or something? I did, yeah. I just recently released my first live album. Um, hopefully, I'll be releasing another one quite soon with Sotov. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, so you have to promise me every time there is something new happening, we are going to have a promotional interview oh, sure. here. <laughs> oh, please, yes. Um, so uh, what I've been doing is over the last few years in a lot of private shows, I've started to carry like an audio interface and mix my own audio on stage. And I realized that I can also record via that process and turn those into almost like studio quality recordings. So yeah. I decided that from this year I'm going to start releasing stuff that I've recorded live. So I did that with my first concert at uh, Mandala Makers Festival in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, that performance was June 11th, and I released the album on July 3rd. <laughs> so, um, wow. so it is on Spotify, Apple Music. It's called uh, Live at Mandala Makers Festival 2023. Wonderful. <laughs> wow. Looking forward to it. And maybe we should play a piece from there. So yes. let us play a piece from your album <laughs> and then continue talk. Sure thing.
and uh, yeah uh, i hope that uh, you both work together also and otherwise also you keep doing all these beautiful things and make us happy by your music and talking about making audience happy i have a question and you both can tell me about it i i'm curious to know that for us we make that connection with you right and we are in total bliss that's like when you're singing that music is playing it's a it's kind of a trance right so how does it feel to you on that side because i have always been on this side like do you feel the connection that we are feeling and it like how does that happen uh i'm going to go ahead and pull up a quote Okay. One of my favorite quotes, actually. Uh-huh. So this is a quote by Ustad Ali Akbar Khan. And uh, it's, it's uh, in particular related to music and the journey of a musician. So uh-huh. he says, if you practice for 10 years, you might begin to please yourself with your music. Uh-huh. After 20 years, you might become a performer and please the audience. And after 30 years, your guru might even become proud of you. After... But it will take many more years before you finally please God with your music. So. Gosh, this is beautiful. And I think uh, uh, there is this one supreme power. You can, be, you can believe in God, you, cannot, you won't believe in God, right. whatever is the case. But there is something inside us. And we have to align that with what is outside. And I think music is such a great medium. And that is what differentiates like a good musician and a great musician that we can hold your hand and you can take us to that journey because mere mortals what will we do right I think so for the, me music yeah. and music people are the gods so. the first the first step is to go on that journey yourself i think until yeah, you yeah, yeah, i think I, I mean no 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 i mean as yeah. a musician yes yes right? yes yes so until until the musician can i know can you go, have to know the path right yes. until until i mean it's we don't always know the path but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's part of finding finding that communal joy in music I know. and you have to find it on your own and that's why there's so many hours spent in the practice room before you take it on stage and share it with people right yeah so and i'm still trying to find it in in many ways sometimes i have some luck <laughs> Yeah, and see, people get amused by chat GPT and AI and all that. But for me, forever, I'm like obsessed and curious about this, this music thing, right? It is like the most unfathomable thing. It's so hard to fathom and yet you kind of soak yourself. You're so happy. You're so pleased. So um, you take Saurabh on taking for young people living here and... Uh, taking this wonderful thing forward like what would you advise them and tell them i think we have such a unique opportunity um, mm-hmm. because we're in a time where so many recordings from old maestros are available that yes. wasn't there many like maybe mm-hmm. like 20 50, years ago yeah 30 years ago something like that um because of youtube and other streaming music services you have access to so much inspiration Yes. And I would say like the a big thing for me has been to just take advantage of that. Um and yeah. then there's so many amazing teachers and gurus who are in the United States and in uh like other countries as well. Um not just in India. And it's, so it's it's actually not that difficult now. It's become so accessible to to learn music, to appreciate music. So many concerts are happening. Um and yeah i think we're very fortunate that 
that uh, the culture and atmosphere is like that. Perfect, yeah. And Chetan, uh, you came all the way from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Did you like California? Is oh, it your, yes. This is your first trip It's here? not my first trip here, no. Um, I've come for some private shows in the past. Um, but yes, this is my first trip for a public concert. So, yeah, great. Um, and so yes, it many was, more are going to I, happen. I hope so, yes. Yeah, and East Coast or West Coast or India or all over the world, people love music and it is a universal language. So thank you so much for coming. But before you leave, do you want to say something to our listeners? Um, Thank you for listening to us today, and thank you to Franjali for the opportunity. <laughs> it's such a blessing, and uh, yeah. I know, and I think uh, we should definitely end with a beautiful piece from both of you, if you are ready. Sure. So we'll conclude with a piece ah. in Drag Bhairavi, as ah. is traditional to conclude any presentation. Different. Sindhu Bhairavi, as it's known to fanatic musicians <laughs> this is um, this particular bandish was made famous by many musicians but the recording in particular that i'm thinking of is by ustad bismillah khan mm-hmm. the chennai player <laughs> wow so, wonderful um, many people have played it of course Let the
beautiful very very nice and you all go through so much training so much riyas and mehnat to give us this total bliss we may understand sometimes and we may not know the nuances and the classical aspect of it but at the end it's all about finding that uh, ultimate pleasure and happiness and that's what you did today in this studio it has been wonderful and i'm again and again like i want to tell you this is not just i'm saying it it's from the bottom of my heart and uh, once again thank you from kcsu stanford and from all my listeners and i'm going to put all this information about uh, your wonderful journeys and your upcoming concerts on my blog and on the page and i want to tell my listeners that i am having such a wonderful time and i'm sure you are going to be elated listening to this young extremely talented musicians and i want to highlight the young part because this is great that you are taking this wonderful powerful rich tradition forward and i wish you all the best sora thank you for coming thank you so much and chetan thank you thank you so much and i wish you both good luck thank you so much for having both of us and uh, it was a blessing thank you <laughs> <laughs>